Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hi, everybody. This is Combat Craig, and today I have Laura Chase with me, and we are going to be talking about uh, VA claims for neck pain, and we're going to talk about back pain, and probably a little bit about secondary service connections and somatic symptom disorder and a few other fun things. Hi, Laura. Say hi to the folks. Hey, Combat Craig. So I'm Laura. I'm just to introduce myself. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I am a veteran myself as well. So um, I, I love the community of, of the, the veterans, and uh, this is kind of where my heart is. So I'm so excited to be here and be speaking with you guys today um, and get this ball rolling. So um, from a neck pain perspective, I actually had like a twitch in my or a tweak in my neck or something in 2012, and then like it just didn't go away. And then I went to the doctor. He took x-rays. Can't see shit when you can't, uh, right? It's it's uh, MRI stuff. So I had to go through physical therapy to get to the MRI. And then I got to the MRI and I had uh, uh, discs C3, 4, and C4, 5 were bad. Got shots. And then I had surgery called anterior dis- discectomy on C3, 4. And that was in 2013 and basically had that neck brace and that whole nightmare. And then whatever I healed up the bones are all healed up and the pain is exactly the same and that was six years ago okay so I'm gonna recap you you had a neck you had neck pain you got imaging in the form of an x-ray they couldn't see anything you did some form or bout of PT then you had some sort of MRI got some shots still had pain so you had surgery and then here we are today you're still experiencing neck pain yes okay so what, I, what you and I just described is very standard, uh, whether it's VA, military, or civilian uh, medical uh, process, if you will. I hurt, I go to doctor, what happens? So, um, you know, because I know sometimes people can get frustrated with, oh, I've got to go to PT. Oh, I've got to do this first. Absolutely. So as annoying as it can be for the veteran, um, we, we as medical providers, don't want people to always be in pain, right? So there is a there is a rhythm or her, the madness makes sense even though it doesn't necessarily to the person going through it at that time. So um, I just wanted to hit, you know, hit some points that you had already mentioned, imaging. Absolutely. So you got an x-ray. Lots of times you're not going to see things on x-rays. You are going to see a lot of things on x-rays, but if you have something that's not related to a bone, in your case, you had disc herniation, you have to see it on an MRI. So typically doctors will order MRIs after 
if you're explaining certain symptoms that you're experiencing. Um, if it's just probably like, oh, I tweaked my neck two weeks ago, they're going to do an x-ray. You're not going to get the magical MRI. Um, but if you're starting to feel things like numbness, tingling, weakness, all of those things um, tell a medical professional that there's something neurological um, happening. Neurological, that's a really fancy word for your freaking spine, okay? Your spine right. and your brain. Your spinal cord has all these nerves that come out of it and all those segments. You said you were C3, C4, C5? Yep. So C3, C4, and C5 all have nerve roots that come out and feed to the rest of your body. So depending on where those nerve roots feed, you could ex be experiencing numbness, tingling, pain, this hurts, I can't move, holy crap, I need some help. Oh, so, I, I can, can I interrupt you? I have more. Absolutely. So, so after surgery, about eight months after surgery, this finger goes numb every night and then half of this one. So I think it's the ulnar nerve or something. Yes, it is. And it yep. like, like right now, it's probably like 15% numb. So it's like I type with like this dead, goofy finger. But right. every night it goes 100% numb. I don't know if I lay on it or something. And then best way to describe it is it kind of wakes up. And now it's just, it doesn't hurt. So I, there's no range of motion. There's no pain. It's just annoying numb. I just want to add that in. Well, so I, so on, on a personal note on, uh, from me, I've actually had spine surgery, but at a lot lower level. And, um, I had, so I was L5 S1 and, um, I, ha I was experiencing all those numbness, tingling, pain, weakness, etc. I've had surgery. I had surgery two years ago next week, actually. And I have, um, I wouldn't say no pain, but I feel considerably better compared to pre-surgery but the back of my leg is still numb from basically underneath my buttocks all the way to my heel um, it's numb to like light touch so I can if I rub my fingers in the back of the leg it feels differently on that side than the other side the reason for it which nobody probably explains to anybody when you have a disc herniation c3 c4 c5 in your case um, the disc herniates think of a jelly donut and the jelly inside the donut squeezes out. That's a disc herniation. The jelly donut inside your disc squeezes out into your spinal column where your spinal cord is and all these little roots. And the herniation sits or presses on the nerve root. It damages it. Um, nerves take a really long time to repair themselves compared to bone or muscle. Nerves can take years, if ever, to repair. So that you probably, this is probably not an answer you want to hear, but the little numbness that you feel occasionally might yeah. never go away. Right. But you know, compared to what you were feeling before, you probably feel a lot better. Um, I like to be very honest with people. So two years later, my, the back of my leg is still a little numb. Um, when I went to my, um, CMP exam for my back, they tested my, um, uh, touch sensation on from one leg to the other. So, um, so yes, that is decreased and it's two years later. Nerves take a really long time to repair or they don't. So, um, just know that what you're experiencing is normal. Uh, but it's not always potentially the answer, right? Like we want to feel 100%. We've had a crap ton of awful things happen to us. You had disc herniations, you've had surgery. First of all, no surgery is a minor surgery. Um, they cut into your spine, you know? Yeah, and, I got um, that one. Yeah. And so that's a major 
uh, surgery. And so what I try to get people to focus on is how do you feel today compared to pre-surgery? Now you said that you are still feeling uh, pain and discomfort. And um, in, so I guess I'm going to ask you, is it, do you feel like it's more nerve pain? And so nervy pain would be like that uh, uh, shooting, maybe kind of electric feeling, pins and needles, numbness, something like that. Or does it feel more like achy pain? Knotted um, muscles. Knotted muscles. Okay. It's for not sure. It's, that's, that's the way it's been described to me is, is a knotted. It's just right. a big knotted clump and it just, it's all over my neck and it, but, and I don't even know where else it goes in my body. It's just right here's the worst part of it. And the only thing that makes this better, just to kind of segue back over to the L5S1, you had surgery. I didn't. I have a big herniated disc there. And my radiculopathy thing goes down into my calf. But yep. they give me a shot and then it sucks it back out. Now I just have like a, a bad back. Um, so when my back pain's gnarlier, my neck pain, I focus. The pain just moves around and I'm just like, Where's my pain today? Sometimes it's like, I don't even want to get out of bed. It's in my feet. It's in my neck. So right. yeah, for my shoulder, it's like right here, but I know the other side of my neck's all stiff and I feel it in whatever these are, pectoral muscles, I think, yes. or something. Yep. Your pecs. So you have a couple things I want to note on. One, when you're talking about, so sometimes I'm able to focus on this pain and not this pain and it moves around. And I believe, and a lot of medical professionals will definitely agree with me, um, that there is a huge factor um, in the mental aspect of pain. Um, and as we know, the VA now recognizes um, the chronic pain disorder, the somatic pain disorder. Um, even un-veterans related, just me being a PT, I am dealing with any kind of patient, whether they're 90 or 10 years old or everything in between. There is such a huge component to everybody that feels pain from a mental aspect. Um, and that's not easy to overcome, right? We, people find outlets to deal with, deal with the pain and try to get the focus off of it. But um, that is a real thing. You not knowing if this is going to hurt today or why did this hurt yesterday, but this this side of me hurts today. Um, and and I, I believe that so much is tied to that mental piece, that, that chronic pain piece where your brain is telling this area that this is what's going to hurt today. I, I don't have a magic eight ball to make that all go away, but that's why with all these different types of um, healthcare providers, team, right? A team aspect, we try to be able to focus on redirecting. Um, working in a pain-free environment or range of motion within the body um, to kind of calm everything down to include the brain that's telling this area that should hurt. One thing, that's the one note, one thing I wanted to talk about that you brought up. Yep, Second okay. thing, you, the knotted muscles specifically in your neck um, that you are experiencing. So you had a major surgery and it is not uncommon after surgery um, for things to still feel even years later not 100%. I had back surgery two years ago. I do not feel 100%. I still feel discomfort in certain areas, sometimes in my mid-back, sometimes in my calf, um, just like you were experiencing. So how do we manage what we feel like now because you had a major neck surgery, because somebody had a major back surgery, because there's still going to be um, 
a component to healing and rehab and trying to get into this pain-free daily living uh, on a regular basis. As we get older every single day and our body breaks down more, that's happening. I know, unfortunately. So there's few things. That's one of the things we just can't control, right? Well, we can't control genetics and we can't control aging, but we can control a lot of other things that hopefully will help us improve our quality of life. Is it going to make it perfect? I don't really know what perfect is. Um, but you know, if you, if you're living a happy, uh, productive life, then I think that's as close to what, whatever this definition of perfect is going to be. So as a therapist, as a physical therapist, I like to offer people education and, um, uh, nuggets of information that maybe they can take with them wherever they may live, um, to help, decrease pain. I don't want people to live in, in, in pain on a regular basis. So specifically with knotted muscles, obviously we know therapy can help. And there's a lot of, um, what, something that I practice, um, and that's kind of up and coming. And you and I have spoken about this before is something called dry needling. And some veterans very likely have heard of it or had it done. Even if they, uh, quite possibly if some of them are are recent veterans and previous or had been recently on active duty, because a lot of active duty physical therapists practice dry needling. But, um, I love dry needling for treatment of knotted muscles. Um, you are in pain on a regular basis. You've had neck surgery, so they've probably taken care of, did you have a fusion or did you just, okay. So they took care of, unstable uh neck bones and herniated discs the jelly donut that squeezed out right so they've taken care of that but you still have muscles that are pretty angry that you have hardware in your body that isn't organic to combat craig when he was born right you've got some metal in there some pins and screws etc um and you have nerves that are still potentially damaged so you have you have muscles that are likely without me sitting next to you and, and being able to touch you to evaluate you you probably have muscles that are a little bit upset that all this happened. Yep. Not to mention, unfortunately, this area of our body, whether we've had surgery or not, tends to be where we carry stress. And stress comes out in the form of tense muscles, um, knotted muscles, things that are achy, pain that can travel, nerve pain that can travel. And so you've kind of got the triple, quadruple whammy going on there because you had surgery. Um, this is where we carry stress. We're also a lot of times on our computer and our phones, right? So we kind of have that posture going on. So I treat knotted muscles all over the body with trigger point dry needling is is the fancy terminology. Um, The best way to describe it is for for veterans that might be feeling pain in their, in their neck or other places in in their body. If it's muscular type of pain, or, you know, when you go to a massage, uh, like a massage therapist, or you go have a massage and somebody pushes here and they really work on that area. Okay. So as a physical therapist who does trigger point dry needling research, there's tons of research out there that has proven to be very effective with this dry needling technique. So combat Craig would come see me in my clinic and I would poke around in your neck and you'd be like, Oh, that's, that's right there. I can feel with my hands that that muscle tissue doesn't feel like it's supposed to feel. So we would go through what dry needling is. Um, I would only recommend people not doing it. If you have fear of needles, if you have no fear of needles, then you are a candidate. Um, and I take this really thin needle. It actually looks like an acupuncture needle. It's the same kind of needle. It's just, that's the best way to describe it. It's so thin. It's not like a needle where you get um, 
a vaccine. It's not that thick. And I take the needle and I put it deep into that knotted muscle and I basically milk it like I'm milking a cow in and out. We call it pistoning. And I, and I can, and I'm feeling with my other hand, the integrity of what that knotted area on the back of your neck feels like. And the, what it does is the needle breaks up a, that knotted muscle area. Um, and lots of times, you know, you do a couple different locations, like with a couple different needles, if you were seeing me for 30, 45 minutes that day. And that later that day, you might feel like you had some sort of intense workout in that area, your muscles would feel sore. But typically, like 24 to 48 hours later, people feel amazing. Does everybody feel 100%? No. But do they, a lot of, do a lot of people experience a decreased pain with, with this area? Absolutely. Um, when you have so much involvement with neck pain, post-surgery, uh, neck injury, a neck strain, anything, it doesn't just, I keep referencing the surgery because you had surgery, but there's right. plenty of veterans out there who don't, haven't had neck surgery, but they're experiencing these things. Um, there's never one answer to why things hurt, right? You had, a, somebody could have a disc herniation, so that's going to hurt your spinal cord and your, and your bones and your nerves. But that's also going to make a lot of other crap in your body angry, like your muscles, the blood flow. So when things get angry, we have to not only think about how can I protect the area that's been damaged, but how can I calm down the things that are angry? So tying that into um, alternative treatments with the physical therapy, potentially maybe dry needling. And then there's that big mental aspect of that chronic pain, the somatic pain where the brain is telling this area, this hurts. And so we don't want veterans to be sitting at home and laying in bed all day because everything completely hurts. I got it. There are going to be days when people just absolutely can't get out of bed because holy crap, this hurts so, so much. But I just want to offer some ideas when people are seeing their medical professionals well, I heard about this one thing. What about trying that? What about trying dry needling? What about trying, um, uh, you know, as, as silly as it sounds with the, with the mental aspect of it, I'm not a big person. It doesn't work for me, but people and pain and meditating, um, if people can get, get on board with meditating, um, to redirect their thoughts. It's, it's an option. Is it going to work for everybody? No. Listening to loud, crazy music might work for some people. My form of meditation, I like to throw around barbells because I enjoy working out. Um, but finding whatever your outlet is to redirect your thoughts and not obsessing over this hurts because the more you obsess, the more the brain is going to tell that area it should hurt. And we need to calm all of that down. So I have a question and I'm heading, I'm, I'm looking for the name of an app. I'm going down a rabbit hole. So these uh, apps for meditation, do you have any off the top of your head that, so, you know, work well or that you could recommend? I am going to have to go on my phone and then I can drop it in the comments section. I don't have meditation apps, but I do have sleep apps, but they play like meditation type stories, if you will. Um, where somebody's talking in like a really soothing voice and there's about lavender fields in France. And um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know if it's necessarily a meditation app, but it, but I do have, I have a couple free ones. I, look, I don't want to pay for apps, but there's just so much is, is tied to that mental aspect of pain. Um, you know, medical professional after medical professional after medical professional can probably pull up the statistics on 
that piece, like the percent that it um, affects how you feel. And it is until you've been there and felt it, um, it, it's hard to actually understand what people are going through that have it. It's a real thing, you know? Um, and so I, you know, I, I don't have x-ray vision, right? I can't see into your body to see what's going on. I can just go off of what you're telling me or what a patient, what a veteran is telling me when, when we see them. And so to, to, to find somebody who will listen to veterans, who will listen to you as a veteran and really understand that this isn't a body part. This isn't a neck. There's so many other things that it's attached to, to include the brain, right? Um, When you, if you're seeing somebody for any sort of um, physical ailment, and if they're only focusing on that, that's probably not the person I'd recommend seeing. Right. Focusing on the big picture. Um, Somebody who's going to look at everything because it is all attached. Uh, Something as silly as you had an ankle fracture in 2005, and now your back hurts. Most people might not relate the two. It could quite possibly be related because if you broke an ankle and then you've overcompensated for 15, 14, 15, 16 years, your back could now hurt. I was going to say, I would argue that we will 100% be able to uh, connect that and Leah and her team will be the exact people that'll do that. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I've worked with Leah on a personal and a professional level and she is so good about being able to talk talk a veteran through talking me she helped me as a veteran through um tying things together and relating it because for so long I actually was like oh it's not related it's not related and she had to kind of have multiple conversations with me come at it different angles like but, right. but that's a normal thing you're not right. unique that way yeah everybody kind of I have this and this is the way I have it in my mind I live with it every day this must be the way it is and it's like yeah you might want to think about they might be connected right absolutely and so that is what is so fantastic about what Leah does and what the med team does because they they're able to help veterans see that 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 things are related um, and to tie in, well, this can be secondary from, from this happening. Um, and, and she is the expert, her team is the expert on that, especially based, based on regulations. But it's, I know from my personal veteran standpoint, <laughs> I had a hard time getting there mentally because for so long it was always, you just tough it out. Right. Well, this is just what I deal with. Right. Um, and you know, Leah and, and the team actually are what helped me accept my, my spine surgery. Cause that has happened post service for me. Um, but I used to do all these certain things in service. Yeah. And so kind of people will ask you, well, when did that happen? They want to know the one event that caused, this is not related to being somebody going to the VA or a veteran. This is just people in general. My mom hurts her knee and she wants to know why does my knee hurt? And I usually say, stop searching for the one answer. I jumped out of airplanes for multiple years. Not my mom. I did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, You used to go ruck marching twice a week with 40 pounds on your back, 12 miles. 
Um, you know, you did five mile runs on Mondays, seven mile runs on Fridays and the rough marching on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But now years later, things hurt. Right. And so that's, what's so fantastic about the med team is that having these conversations with them, they, um, you know, my back injury was years later. How do I know that it's, that it's not related? You know, it, there's, there, don't look for the one answer, the one day that something happened that, and that people, friends, you know, unrelated to the military will ask me. And I'm like, I don't have that one answer for you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, and that's the same thing with, um, you know, taking it back to neck pain, just because you had surgery. Yes. I want you to feel better after surgery and have no more pain. The reality is, is that you're likely going to still experience something that still doesn't feel like before you ever had a neck injury. So what are some options for veterans to understand that they can go in and ask their healthcare professionals, because we don't want people to be in pain every single day. Um, you know, giving them these nuggets of information to, to be able to live pain-free, you know? And so that's when you and I were talking and I was like, oh, why have you not tried dry needling? What's that? I've never heard of it. Let me tell you about what it is, you know? Um, and I would is, argue that, uh, um, and just two, two things. I hate needles, but I'm, you're laying down so you can't see them. So it's not like I, you know, I don't really like the blood drawing, but I don't really like the bigger acupuncture needles. So how is it different than acupuncture? Ah, good question. Okay. So acupuncturists, can also dry needle. And when I took my dry needling training, I had a handful of acupuncturists actually in my class. Now I, I like this actually, because there are some states that don't allow physical therapists to dry needle. Um, specifically, I'm bringing up California only because I used to live in California. I, and I also used to live in New York. So I know those are two states that don't allow physical therapists to um, dry needle, but they do allow acupuncturists to dry needle. And the acupuncturists in my class were, uh, from California. So it, you know, so, um, the, so I've just, I've never had acupuncture, but from talking to the acupuncturists in my class, they acupuncture goes off of the Chinese pain meridians in your body. Like if this hurts here, that's something in my big toe. Okay. That's just, that I do actually kind of, I understand the concept enough to be with you. I get that. Okay. So the, with dry needling, we go deeper into the muscle. I find, I don't just go off of, you say it hurts here, so I'm going to stick something in your toe. That's not what I'm doing. Right. You say, I have these lumps on my back, on my neck, it hurts here. I'm going to start using my hands. That's why I keep doing this with my hands. Using my hands and poking around. And I, I am trained to understand what the integrity of a non-angry muscle feels like and an angry muscle feels like. So as I'm poking around, I'm like, oh, this feels a little not, not like what I'm supposed to feel. So the needle goes in a little deeper than acupuncture. And with acupuncture, um, classic acupuncture, they're not really taking the needle and going in and out like this. Um, oh, right. Does that make sense? They're putting them. Yeah, in sometimes the they'll go in and put an electric probe on there and yep. the little tens unit thing. Right. But yeah, they're yep. definitely not doing that. That's uh, right. What did you call that? Pistoning. We yeah, pistoning. Uh, or I, I gotta look up and see if that's available. I don't. I hate needles, but I am so over this. So it might my not husband, need to go away. My husband also hates needles, and he lets me be 
he lets, he has agreed to be my pin cushion because, <laughs> because I am, you know, when I'm here at home and I want to practice, um, he's my pin cushion. He hates needles, but he's, he said just what you said. He's like, I can't see him. They are not thick needles at right. all. They're super thin needles. Um, they are the same type of needle that an acupuncturist, acupuncturist uses. Um, but the difference is, is that we are going in a little bit deeper and other than the little like prick in, um, and it's very much less of a prick than getting the flu shot or right. the tetanus yeah, shot yeah, or whatever. Yeah, way less. Um, you do feel some, we local, we call them local tw muscle twitches because we are in an aggravated knotted muscle and we actually want to see the little local muscle twitches because once the twitches stop, we know we've broken up that knotted muscle. So um, it's nothing too intense. And like you said, if it's on your, if it's on the back of your neck, you can't see the needle anyways. It's not that big of a needle, but yes, if somebody had an extreme phobia of needles, they're probably not a candidate, but um, if they, you know, can't see the needle, you aren't too afraid of needles, you know, it's an alternative option that veterans could try um, in terms of decreasing any kind of pain, neck pain, back pain, hip pain. Um, heck, a lot of people suffer from plantar fasciitis, which is nothing to do with the topic of this video. I got that too. But, but um, dry needling of the calf has proven to be very successful in patients um, who've had, who have plantar fasciitis. So just some, it's just, you know, just some ideas as people are like watching the video, if they're like, wait a second, she said something that I, you know, feel, or I have that. So maybe I should go ask my PT about that. Um, I um, finally like got like a thing to go to the acupuncturist in Helena and, you know, I liked her. She did some cupping stuff, which didn't really work, but I was pussing out on the needles. So she'd put the needles in and when I'd feel, it sounds like you're going beyond that part I was being a pussy about. So she'd put the needle in. I was like, oh, it's kind of hurting. And then like, oh, let me get the little baby needles for you, Craig. And it sounds like you're going beyond that a little bit, which makes sense. I mean, this is a nightmare pain for six years solid. Like literally no pain, no gain is kind of what it sounds like to me. Like I could understand that. I mean, certainly we... Yes and no. I mean, it's not painful. It's certainly not painful. Is there some slight discomfort? Yes. Right. Some people love it. Some people hate it. We give it as an option. Yeah. We want people to have options in terms of um, pain reduction. Some people love cupping and they think it works phenomenally. Then get cupping done. Some people love acupuncture. Then get acupuncture done. Um, the crazy thing that I wish wasn't the case was what works for you may not, might not work for me. Um, we're all individuals, right? But we want to, you know, try it, try it all. It's, I tell people when you have a, when you get a bad haircut. Don't and, have no clue what that's like. Maybe a bad well, haircut. <laughs> so you get a bad haircut. You probably are not going to go back to the same guy or gal that cut your hair. Male this was female. not a super cut. I'm out of here. Yeah. So you go to somebody else the next time. So what I want to just provide in terms of maybe hopefully some, you know, recommendations to veterans. If you go to somebody at the VA or your civilian medical provider and you didn't um, maybe get what you wanted out of it, 
or you just didn't feel like the relationship was there. Maybe they weren't listening to you. Um, maybe they weren't taking into consideration the whole veteran, right? They were just thinking of the shoulder as the shoulder or the neck as the neck. Find somebody else. Right. You didn't go back to the same person who cut your hair wrong. Right. Right. So um, I hear this all the time as a physical therapist. Well, I tried that once. They gave me exercises, sent me over there and told me to do exercises. And so I never want to do physical therapy again. Um, I hear it all the time. Yes. Does that happen? Absolutely. But I would tell you, go find a different therapist. Right. Um, you know, it's, you, it, you know, if food sucks at a restaurant, you're not going to go back to the restaurant. You found a new restaurant, you know? Um, so same thing with V with VA providers and, and, and civilian providers. Don't, you got to stand up for yourself. I mean, this is, we see this, hear this all the time with VA, with uh, veterans putting in claims, you know, you can't give up. Right. You know, if, if this is what you think you deserve and you're really feeling this, then, you know, you can either give up because that's what they said, you know, or you can keep fighting. So well, here's what I've been doing. I've been taking Norco 10s for six years, a shit ton of them. And I'm in the tapering process because that just causes IBS and absolutely another bunch of just fucking miserable nightmares. So I'm actually going into this spot where I'm taking half of what I was taking, like, four months ago and I'm whining and complaining about it the whole way. But at the end of the day, I'm getting there. So the pain is changing. Right. And it's like, I'm getting to a point where, you know, the, the Norco is going to be gone. I'm going to feel it more probably. And I don't want to go back to drinking again and stuff. I am really, I'm very conscious that I could turn back into a full blown alcoholic. So when you said, you know, you've been taking the pain meds for so many years, um, and you're starting to wean yourself off, which that's what we want. You know, we, the U S the VA, um, has been, we know that there is a pain medication addiction epidemic. The opioid crisis. Right. Right. Um, uh, I had to take opioids for a week right before I had pain surgery. And I will say, well, they were phenomenal in decreasing the pain leading up to me needing surgery. Um, but then after surgery, I couldn't take crap. And I was really upset with that. Yep. I was constipated. Yep. Um, and luckily I felt amazing after surgery, but that's just to say that there's so many other additional long-term side effects with my digestive tract not working the way it should work or um, it. So when you take pain medications all the time, it, yes, it gives you an instant relief of decreased pain, but it's masking the real problem. And you get high to a degree. Yeah, yes. Your brain right. gets high. So it's a whole nother level of problems. Right. right. And so even the week I was on it, I, I, one, I was like, I can understand why people get addicted to this. Luckily I don't have, um, I don't suffer from having like an addictive personality, which is good because I have people in my family who, who do. And so I recognize that that's not a struggle for me. However, as the week went on leading to surgery for me, taking, taking the, um, the hydrocodone, I, the more I took it, the less um, effective it was. So then yeah. I needed more. So then I needed more. And then I needed more. Luckily it was one week because that was literally to get me through until surgery. Um, but we don't want people on pain medication forever. All of the side effects of being on the medication forever. And as a physical therapist, 
it's masking whatever the problem is. Right. And, and so it's really, they're supposed to be for acute pain, like the concept. Right. So it's like, uh, I think what happened with my surgeon is I just fell into that 7% group of this is going to fail, you know, like structurally, I'm fine. You can't sue me. And it's like, I don't really give a shit about that. I'm in the same pain that I was like, this was completely pointless for me to have the surgery from where I sit. So yeah, it was never a problem. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't consider myself um, uh, an addictive personality, but my brain to a degree is for sure addicted right. to what my body is. And yeah, it's kind of like, I hear people that'll just take a mouthful of them and then you're like, I don't want to run out because then the, the constipation turns into the shits and that's a whole nother nightmare. Right. So right. I'm regulated about, you know, not running myself out. And that's why I can handle this, this tapering thing. It sucks, but you know, you, and it's like one pill a month. So it's like a year long taper and it's like, wow. Right. It's not a, you know, it's yeah. not a, it's super slow. It's like, I've been on it for six years. So it's like, we don't need to be a hero here. And I'll give it up to the VA for that. You know, like we want it to be effective because we know what the, the alternatives can be. You know, I just, I, I'm cool. It sucks that I have all these meds in my body, but I don't want to start self-medicating to like Absolutely. make up for where they, there may be deficiencies. So yeah. That's right. Cool, and, I'm sure. and so it's so important for you right now or this during this process to find these alternative ways to not have that same amount of neck pain while you're coming off of the pain meds right you know um there's going to be a mental aspect to it so you're not so focused on why that area hurts you know um and it's going to take time <laughs> unfortunately um i'm a big believer of whatever an individual's outlet healthy outlet might be um to do on a regular basis to help help that mental health aspect of it so we aren't so focused on the pain and this hurting it's not going to make things perfect it's not going to make things go away but you know we know that your 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 overall general health right has different pillars as to, you know mental health physical health yep. you know um and so if we can if we can look at them all as, as being related and you can find whatever your individual outlet is, um, and do it on a regular basis because it makes you happy. You feel good. Then we can maybe not focus so much on this hurts all the time. Is it still going to hurt and be uncomfortable? Yes. But you're going to do that while you're also incorporating these other things to help decrease your neck pain. Um, you're going to try cupping. You're going to try acupuncture. You're going to try electrode things on the acupuncture maybe you try dry needling i'm uh now i'm totally involved in this youtube project because it's it's literally therapeutic for me i'm doing something for the first time in five years and people are relating to my stories and my team's stories and your stories and everybody's stories and like i get this whole i get this whole concept and then um that's where the stress goes like at work 10 times worse so that's what I know. People are like, Craig, you're going way too hard. You never stop. And it's like, I know exactly when I'm going too hard, when I feel it right. here. And it's not even, it's like, from that aspect, it's pain-free. My brain, like, Brian, just, there's no pressure whatsoever. It's just go, 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 go. So it's like, I'm, 
I'm having fun with it. So it's interesting when it, if it right. start feeling it there, then I know it's work related stress. Right. And I feel similar, um, especially with my back, I can feel similar things. And so it's, it's, again, it's not rocket science, but if you start to feel things like that, what I have to do and what works for me and what I also coach my patients and veterans that I see are, you have to, you know, get up and walk around, change positions, do some stretching. Maybe you sit back down and you feel the discomfort again, but you know, it's just like when we sleep, right? We don't sleep in the same position all the time and not move. Our body is meant to move every like so often. And so if you're sitting down for a long time at work and you're experiencing this discomfort, take a break. You don't even have to get up and take a break, but change your positions, do a little bit of stretching, drink a glass of water. I don't, you know what I mean? Anything just to kind of shift your mind off of that hurting, but it's a simple recommendation. It's not rocket science, but maybe, you know, doing it, implementing it on a regular basis. There's a gal at my work who she has a alarm on her phone and I actually hadn't heard the alarm, but she said, I don't know if you can hear the alarm, but every time the alarm goes off, it's so I can get up and walk and she's overweight. Yep. And, and, um, and so she knows she needs to walk. And so every 30 minutes, her alarm goes off in her phone and she gets, and she just walks to the back of the office around the cubicles and comes back. Get up and move your body. Right. Um, and so I just thought that was fantastic because it's what everybody should be doing. You know, right. um, it, take your mind off of the fact that my neck hurts. Take the mind, take your mind off of the fact that my, my back hurts, you know, um, get up and change your position a little bit, you know, then sit back down. So just little recommendations, nuggets of information that hopefully veterans, a veteran, even if it's one or two can go, Oh my gosh, that really affected my life. And I hope that, you know, I'm going to take that and try that in my daily, in my daily living. There was actually a comment on the VA claims insider, um, mastermind page. I wish I would have taken a screenshot of it. I can probably go back and find it. And I think it was a female and she actually said that she had, um, I think gone to a VA doctor or some medical provider. I don't know if it was a doctor and they had, she'd been passed around from so many to so many and whoever she'd ended up seeing was able to really talk to her about this mental piece of pain and how that is so related to other different, um, the neck hurts, but then the low back hurts tomorrow, but then the knee hurts the next day, you know? Um, and she was feeling very appreciative that whoever she was seeing was taking a look at her as a whole, not just this one thing that hurts. Yeah. Um, and I, when, when I saw that comment, I was like, yes, yes, that is it. You know, and, and I've got, I've got more for you. So I talked to a, a sleep specialist yesterday and did an interview with her. And we looked at my sleep study. I was diagnosed with sleep apnea and I have the CPAP machine and stuff. And she was like, why was your sleep study only four hours? Like that was a killer night's sleep for me. Four hours. I'll take that all day long. And we got to talking and the camera kind of turned off. Not, we stopped recording. It was kind of like at the end for a half hour, but she told me that um, I don't go into stage three sleep. And I don't really go into stage four sleep. And she's like, how do you function? You probably can't remember shit. I'm like, yeah, that's been my entire adult life. She's like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I just go and go and go till literally I'm going to drop dead. So she's like, try the, um, try the Headspace app, but do it 
at two o'clock in the morning. And I always think about these relaxation things. Like you said, go walk around, uh, get out of your chair. That makes sense. But I always think about like this before sleep. I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm even more open to it. I was like, yeah, do it before sleep and then do it at two in the morning when you actually need to stay sleeping. So um, I'm actually going to do that. Because I'm gonna make, I'm gonna be way more efficient when I can remember something. That's why right. I, I wake up at two in the morning with a thought, and if I literally don't go bust a video out, I'll lose the what I was trying to 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 do. So like, because I just can't, you know, I can't even remember enough to write it down. I'm losing the concept as I'm thinking about it. There was another one, another app that we're now that we're talking about apps that the very first one I tried, and the reason why I liked it was because. And I'm looking at the other phone to see if it's on there. Um, there were two different, the same app, but then there were like two different options. And one was like color recognition. And you like, if blue is your favorite color and you like close your eyes and I don't know what, I'm not really into all that kind of 2D free stuff. But the yeah. other one was um, it, the app talked you through, you're in bed, like you're getting ready to go to bed. And the app talked you through tensing certain muscles in your body starting like I don't remember if it was starting at your head and then moving down to your feet right. or, uh, Relax or the and other feel way. your toes and move them and then feel right. them relax and yeah. then eventually it was the whole body and and I now I haven't practiced that one in a while but I loved that one like my body felt more relaxed um just the whole con contracting your and you're just laying there on you know on your back you're not in any sort of weird positioning but just kind of going through all that um and I wish I remembered the name of that one. It must be on my phone that I'm on talking to you. That one. <laughs> and so I don't want to bleep off the screen. Um, that's why I keep looking at this other one. But that one I really liked. There's um, another version of that. I can't remember the name of it. I did that for my workers comp thing. It was some kind of, uh, I can't remember the name. It was something, I've been through so many of these things. Anyway, I'm going to start doing this because I have to start doing this. And I was telling some of my other, my teammates, and it's like, shit, if we can get you to like ratchet it down at all and actually get some sleep and be more yeah, effective. Absolutely. And then also I saw a message that started it was Brian's like, we are literally, you know, like going a hundred miles an hour, changing lives, explosive growth. Like you guys are, you know, essentially he's like, you guys are not going to be helpful if you're like dead. Like absolutely. You do like, relax, meditate. He just just saying, Hey, I see a shrink. I see, you know, psychologist, psychiatrist. I use this app. I do things like he totally is like, you have families like see them or they're not going to be there anymore. And it's right. like, I don't have a family. So it's, I'm a little more flexible that way, but still I need to get sleep. And like, if that's really, if it's that simple, that's why I can't remember anything. I don't read books because I don't remember them. Literally. It's like, what's the point? 20 minutes later, what I was right. reading, unless it's something you know that i, I struggle to do that I well i don't enjoy like, reading do, do people read books i i don't enjoy reading so funny story about me my father loves reading he has some sort of advanced degree in some sort of i don't know literature composition something or other i hate reading and they used to mandatory put me on a mandatory summer reading program and i would sit in my room and sit at the window and look out the window and just wish how i could be outside playing because i really hate reading I am turning 39 next week in two weeks. Yeah. 39. And happy um, birthday. Like, I? I know. Thank you. And I still hate reading. And my dad used to tell my mom, 
that he never thought I was going to graduate from college because I hate reading because he likes reading and he couldn't understand why if he likes reading. Why do I not like reading? Well, I'm the only person in my family that has a doctorate degree and I hate reading. I don't make my children read. They read at school. They don't need to read at home. And I, why am I going to make you do something I hate to do? Well, I'm going okay. to throw that back at you with, I suck at writing so bad that if I didn't have Grammarly on, I would literally look like a two-year-old. And I typed to Brian. Brian types like a normal person. I literally struggle with words. So I literally have people around me doing titles and sentences. And when I type to Brian, it's like caps and misspelled. I can't cheat I before E, E before, or whatever. I, before. I don't even know, but it doesn't, when I'm typing, I type 100 words a minute. It's just like, that's it, translate it. I don't give a shit. So Brian just kind of laughs, and I've actually got people around me to help with uh, writing. So not exactly your same story, just it's something that, right. um, that I have had to overcome. I'm good at doing other stuff, so I'm not going to let these things slow down. So actually, it has nothing to do with your story. but No, it does. But so going back to you saying you struggled with sleeping, I, don't, I, I, I have told a handful of people this. Um, that's also struggle with it. Um, and one of my veteran patients and I actually, we were, I was working as a contractor on, on base. And so, um, and, and I can't use it, but I know that it is effective for some people. So I can't speak off of personal, um, use, but a lot of people say CBD is all the rage right now, but CBD is supposed to help CBD oil or CBD cream or whatever. I don't know, smoking a joint. <laughs> It's supposed to be very helpful. Um, it's it's all the rage in where people can. Well, I guess you can get you can do CBD creams and oils now. Um, I think in every state, but um, but people say that it helps. I can't speak of it because I haven't tried. But anyways, just a little nugget in case you have tried it or haven't tried it, and you're like, maybe that'll work. You don't know until you try it. <laughs> yeah, I for me, I I guess I'm like I am less. I'm becoming less fearful of the VA thing. And I just, that's been, I have this little personal thing. A long time ago, I heard somebody like took a piss test in the nineties and got his benefits taken away. It wasn't like I verified the story. I just kind of heard it. So I just kind of had that. And then it's like, I was a cop in the well, military. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like federal law, marijuana is illegal period. I don't give a shit what California and all the other states, including Montana are doing. So it's all over the board. So it's still until the VA federal law changes, I kind of have a problem with all that stuff, but it's more it, from a, like, like, I don't know, like they're going to come get my benefits or something like that. No. So I'm the same way. Um, and actually I'm going to try to look it up really, really quickly right now. My husband just the other night was sitting at the dining room table and he said, there some new federal law came out for federal employees on not on not on marijuana but on CBD that has all the THC removed. Um. So don't quote me. I'm gonna have to ask my husband where he saw that. But he literally two days ago, two or three days ago, just said that something had changed. Um, Interesting. And now. But that's not that that was for like civilian federal employees, right? So like if you're still if you're active duty, reserve guard, anything like that, right. no. But yeah, for veterans, my I have a friend that's I moved out here to be with 
speak close to, I have like a support system, a guy I went to boarding school with. And he has typical, got his little shitty 20% back rating, his back's worse than mine. And it doesn't, he just doesn't even care about going and dealing with the VA. But yeah, he smokes weed every day and has been doing it since he's 15. And he's like, yeah, I, but you know, they don't give a shit. So it doesn't affect the rating. I know that. I just don't know what, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm just a little. Right. I'm the same way. Trust me. My husband's the same way, but I just, you know, I, and actually this, this one veteran, no, it was the other veteran that was my patient who we were talking about it. And when I brought it up, he was like, he's the same way. He doesn't want to, he's very kind of, I hate to use the word old school, but a little bit old school with the thought process, how we all are. Um, on the use of marijuana and CBD, but he said his VA doc actually had recommended it too, which he was surprised about, right. but he, he's, he was, he kind of thinks like you and I think like he wouldn't want to try it, but it's just, it's becoming more mainstream. I just have never used it. So I can't, people love it. I just can't speak on it. Um, and now I want to look up, I'm going to have to ask my husband where he found that. Cause I can't find it right now. As I'm curious, he said, um, Craig, um, just to kind of do a recap of the things we spoke about today, um, specifically, obviously neck pain, because that's what you're experiencing. And I kind of walked through veterans understanding what the process is. Something hurts. You go to the doctor, the uh, VA facility or civilian, they're likely going to do some form of x-ray imaging, potentially recommend a, about a physical therapy. If it still hurts after that, you may get that magical MRI if you're still feeling the pain, if, if you feel better from physical therapy, then they're probably, you know, not gonna, it doesn't mean you still aren't eligible for a claim. It's just, we're talking about not wanting people to live in pain on a regular basis. Right. Um, but all those conservative things, conservative being, um, some form of shots or physical therapy happened before anybody would ever recommend surgery, but you've kind of gone through the process. There is a process that we all have to go through. Um, just because you have surgery, yes, you feel 80% better than you did before because they've taken out your disc herniations. However, you're still experiencing pain today, six years later. Um, so we kind of have talked about some alternative options, especially from a physical therapy standpoint that, um, that are kind of new and up and coming that I, I recommend veterans, if they're educated on or if they've heard about it, they can ask their, their VA doctor or a VA provider that they're seeing um, in order to help mitigate or decrease the pain they're in. Because the bottom line is, is we do not want veterans or anybody on pain medications for the rest of their life. There's just so many other side effects. Um, and we also talked about the huge mental piece, the huge chronic pain um, mental piece, the somatic pain disorder that kind of takes over when we've been feeling pain for so long and how the brain will focus on the fact that you still feel pain. And, um, you know, my, that, that is something that the VA recognizes for veterans. And my, my advice as a veteran, as somebody who's had some form of surgery, but I'm also a medical provider, you got to work on finding what your outlet is. Um, something that gives you that mental jolt of happiness that you can do on a regular basis. It's not going to make your pain go away, but it's going to help train your brain not to focus on this pain. Bottom line is, is we don't want you to live in pain every day. Um, and, um, finding a medical provider that looks at you as a whole person, a doctor, a physical therapist, your VA psychiatrist, whomever it may be, 
um, somebody who is going to focus on the entire veteran, not just the fact that you have one, whatever X, Y, Z disorder it is, neck pain, back pain, IBS, sleep apnea, PTSD. Um, I recommend to every veteran that they make sure that they have a medical professional that is focusing on you as a whole. And that might include other medical professionals that need to come in to help with the things you're experiencing, but you got to get your hands in with somebody that's going to look at you as an entire person, not just that one thing that may be um, ailing you at that moment. So that's kind of what we chatted about today. Um, this was fantastic. I hope we can do some more of these. Um, and I hope that I have provided nuggets of information to the veterans out there that are watching. Um, and of course, if there's ever any questions, people can comment um, and we'll go in and we'll, we'll kind of respond to the questions um, whenever, we're, whenever we're able to get around to it because we are busy. So, Awesome. Thanks so much, Laura. I enjoyed having you and yeah, brought a lot of insight to me personally and hopefully anybody else that's uh, dealing, dealing with severe neck pain, pain in general, like we touch on all this stuff. The mental health part is just as big of a uh, part of it. So with that, Combat Craig and Laura Chase out.